All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Remchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. In honor of Connor McDavid's six assists, you will all watch me take six bites out of this apple. I'll just get into it with a lead. I didn't think that went through at all. It'll take me way too long. I'm sorry to everyone listening in podcast form while I chew. Liam Horobin, everybody. <laughs> Keep it four more bites, Tyler. I know. Well, four that means more. you got That means you have to start the show again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oilers Nation every day. Coming up within this next hour, we have the moment of the game, the giant question, Frank Saravalli, and Betway, and much, much more. Like yesterday, head over to the Oilers Nation YouTube channel, which you all should be on already because we're live on YouTube, and leave a comment in the Charm Diamond Center YouTube chat. First comment of the day. Let's scroll to the top. It's from Owen Poser. Big dubs last night. Holloway is legit. If he can make an impact in the top six, that saves his team greatly from having to spend big assets to get a top six winger. Maybe you still need one regardless. Then he followed it up with six apples from the goat. 
All right. I'm almost done chewing my sick bite. Perfect. Also coming up on today's show, we have Liam's game along with three reviews with pictures. People are going to want to see the reviews with the pictures. It's very funny. You did a very good job, Liam. Uh, Welcome into the show, as always, live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out at sportscloset.ca. Six bites of that apple took me a lot longer than I thought it would. But Liam, you did an excellent job teeing everybody up for what we're getting to today on the program. Um, Let's talk about that game last night a little bit. Yes, we'll get to the Charm Diamond Center YouTube chat. We got a short for giant question, all that stuff. But that's a weird game to have to break down, Liam. When you Mm -hmm. sat through 40 minutes last night and I even tweeted it, it was like neither side's going to be calling this one a Picasso. Connor McDavid took that heap of junk and kind of single-handedly turned it into a Picasso himself in the third period. Um, He was absolutely unbelievable. And I mean, there aren't that many more Oilers you could say were unbelievable in that hockey game. It was it was a weird one. They played bad through 40 minutes, and yet you look at an 8-4 score to end the game, and it's like, oh, shit, that's kind of exactly what I wanted. I wanted that fire wagon, high-scoring Oilers hockey to return, and son of a bitch, we got it. Yeah, the only other player you can say that played well, I think, for 60 minutes was Stuart Skinner, right? Like, in that yeah. second period, he was absolutely bombarded with shots. He was actually... It was quite ridiculous, actually, what happened in the second period. It was a very poor display from the Oilers. But yeah, if it wasn't for for Connor McDavid showing that he can literally beat any player in the league whenever he wants, doing whatever he wants in the third period, then we might be talking about an Oilers loss. Because if that second period had pushed its way into the third, then we would have been screwed. Lance is over in the chat and says, do we want eight, four wins or two, one wins? The answer is yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, wins are wins and wins are wins are wins are wins. Like I get it hundred percent. And I wanted goals. This is only the third time since the start of January. The Oilers have scored more than four goals in a hockey game. Like I liked seeing the offense return for this team. Six assists from Connor McDavid. It, it's absolutely mind-blowing how good he was in the third period, really how good he was all night. Uh, another guy who I might give a bit of a passing grade to is Bouchard, but uh, Connor McDavid, one of those assists was his 600th. And when you look at least amount of games played to get to 600 assists, McDavid did it in the fourth fastest time in NHL history, which, I mean, to get 600 assists in 616 games is insane to begin with, but also... When the only guys who've done it faster are these three and you adjust for era, it's even more mind blowing. Like Wayne Gretzky's in a league of his own, but like for McDavid to be this close and by this close, I mean eight games to Bobby Orr to even be within a hundred of Mario Lemieux adjusting for era is crazy. Yeah. And it seems like every single time one of these lists pops up, it's just, it's just those three. Right. And it just shows how great. Connor McDavid is and just how special of a time this is for Oilers fans and the fact we have two players on that list that this city has been able to to watch have so much success is uh, quite special I guess I couldn't think of the word like very unique obviously and yeah. we should be very grateful for what we're able to to watch from this guy every night but it was uh, after the game Louie and Jack were talking about it and Jack said to Louie that Every time McDavid gets close to one of these milestones, he doesn't just land on it that night. He absolutely blows past it. It seems like it's it's remarkable. And now we're we're less than a hundred points away from a thousand. He's not gonna hit it this year, very likely. But very soon McConnell McDavid is gonna be a one thousand point player before 
700th game, obviously, maybe even like 670. I mean, hey, he's got he's got 34 games until 650. He needs 73 <laughs> points. If there's anyone who can average north of two points per game over a 30 some game run, it's probably well, Connor McDavid. So yeah, in I mean, his last 67, in, sorry, in his last 36, Connor McDavid has 67 points. I mean, a six point <laughs> night definitely boosts up those yes. numbers quite a bit. The other thing it did is, listen, it didn't get him close in the scoring race, but. He can see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. 13 points back of Nikita Kucherov right now, Liam. What do you think? Do you think Connor can do it? Uh, yes, I do think he can do it. I think, um, I. how can you say no, right? Like, this guy is capable of, he had four assists in the third period yesterday. He can just pull the, the rabbit out of the hat whenever he wants yeah. uh, and just go at it. And I think with how many games the Oilers have left in such a short period of time is actually going to benefit him quite a bit. Just being able to like stay in that rhythm over and over and over again. And these games are against huge opponents. Like we still have to play LA a couple of times. It's still a game against Vancouver. Like there's tons of games coming up that the Oilers need big wins against. And they're against other players that people are comparing Connor McDavid to. And I think sometimes that as well boosts his, uh, Boosies want to, to maybe have a, a better night than he usually would, I guess you could say. So I think he's right there. And I mean, look, no disrespect to Kucherov or McKinnon, but I feel like it's more likely that one of those two maybe slows down a little bit rather than McDavid slows down. It's also worth noting on uh, who just said it here in the chat. Philip, 13 points back with five less games played. Yeah, the Oilers have five games in hand on Tampa Bay and five games in hand on the Colorado Avalanche. So two points a game over those five games. And Connor McDavid is right, right there in the race. Uh, Daki is in, says really digging the color of Tyler shirt today. Well, it's Valentine's Day. I thought I'd dress for the occasion. My friends at Greta hooked me up with a nice pink T-shirt. And I figured, hey, I don't get a chance to wear it all that often. So why not? I don't have anything pink. Unfortunately, just, pink. just my uh, just my old Bobby outfit, which is uh, locked away. <laughs> Nobody wanted that for a second ah. time, Tyler. <laughs> ah, I actually I had multiple pink shirts to choose from, Liam. How about that? I could have lent you one. You should have said something. Uh, I only have Nation gear and Crusaders gear. That's my own. That's my only items in my wardrobe. I, I I somewhat relate to that. All right, I want to get into what people are saying over on the Charm Diamond YouTube chat. Charm Diamond Center is proudly Canadian owned. Check out their large selection of Canadian lab grown diamonds, mine diamonds, and don't pay until twenty twenty five with their instant in store financing. Oh. A.C. Charm Diamond Center's home of the pro-pose. There were some people making some noise a couple of minutes ago in the chat about Ryan Nugent Hopkins and us saying that. Oh, and Liam's gone. Bye-bye. I'm here. God damn it. My camera again. Like a ghost. Uh, There's some people in here saying, you know, we got to give some love to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, O.J. Gaze is in. uh, Nuge finally decided to start shooting the puck. If he doesn't keep shooting, he will slump again. Amen on that. Nuge was definitely firing the puck too. JR though, Nuge was good and you guys were ragging on him. Okay, let's just, let's clear that up a little bit. Were we ragging on Nugent Hopkins or were we just pointing out the fact that they the team wasn't scoring at five on five and Nuge wasn't scoring at five on five? What did we get yesterday from the Oilers? Well, we got, I believe, all eight five on five goals and Ryan Nugent Hopkins obviously in the mix on two of them, but he hadn't scored a five on five goal in like 13 games before this. So was it great to see Nuge get off the schneid? Absolutely. I loved it. This goal right here, unbelievable. Like if McDavid didn't steal the show, this was going to be the highlight of the night. 
checked all the vintage Nugent Hopkins boxes as well. The shot, low blocker, the double fist pump celebration, beautiful stuff from our boy Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But let's just, the criticism was not out of place here. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was struggling. Ryan Nugent Hopkins wasn't shooting the puck and the team as a whole was not scoring at five on five. So I, I loved what I saw from Nuge and I hope this is a sign. And I said it yesterday. I think Nuge can be a 25 to 30 goal guy on a consistent basis. And to get back to that pace, all he needs to do is one of those runs where he scores four or five goals over a seven, eight game uh, stretch. Well, maybe this is the start of that stretch, but Full marks 100% to Ryan Nugent Hopkins for playing as well as he did yesterday and snapping out of the streak. But the criticism was deserved of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The criticism was deserved of this whole team scoring at five on five. And again, deserved. Even when they were winning, they weren't scoring enough at 5v5. Last night's going to help your numbers, though. And it is wildly impressive to sit here and look at a game recap that has an eight in the goal column and a zero for zero in the power play column as well. Connor McDavid had six points last night and didn't even get a chance on the power play. And I also think there's another one where, or another point to this with McDavid and his six point night, if we want to turn attention to that a little bit more, he almost got an assist on that Zach Hyman goal. He was the one pressuring Ben Chirot coming around the back of the net. Chirot put it right on Dreisaitl's tape. I thought for a second they were going to give McDavid an apple on that just because he provided the pressure. I thought maybe there was a case to be made that he you know, made a whack on the puck at the last second before Sherratt turned it over. This is also just an all-time terrible shift by Ben Sherratt, who Detroit pays a lot of money to be a lot better than this. That dumb little chip off the glass that was just going nowhere and then throwing one right on Dreisaitl's tape is an absolutely insane sequence of events. Um, but that game last night, like if we want to talk a, a little bit about the negatives here, both the Oilers and Red Wings Neither side really wanted that one through 40 minutes. It was a battle of who could turn over the puck last, basically. Like, even that David Perron goal to end the game for the Wings. Like, the Oilers were just slapping it around. Nugent Hopkins had a bad turnover that resulted in uh, the game tying goal in the second period. Like, that was not a clean 8-4 win. Uh, no, it was not. It was um, really all over the place, wasn't it? So, mm -hmm. so, yeah, sorry, I'm kind of coming in in the middle of this. This laptop, Tyler, it just so inconsistent with me. I don't get it. It's like the Edmonton Oilers. One night is great. The next night, you really don't know what you're going to get. Uh, Squishy for breakfast says, wings are Oilers light. Tyler Mulek, yeah, no empty netters either. That, that was eight goals that you get full marks for scoring all of them. Uh, five and five. Yeah, Jason said, what was that about our 5v5 game, LOL? And yeah, all of a sudden, like we were saying, they had only scored five 5v5 goals in their last five games going into last night. Well, now all of those numbers look great because you just popped home eight in uh, eight in one game. Maynard Nugent, someone in the chat. I like the I like the change to your name here. Uh, how about Holloway going full on Mission Impossible leap on his goal? Hey, that was impressive, man. Dylan Holloway. I called it on pregaming with Boardsy, although I did say that it would be Holloway scoring with McLeod and Fogel on the ice, but. Dylan Holloway knows for the net. That was, uh, this was also fantastic to see Dylan Holloway get off the schneid to an extent. Yeah, he, he needed one, didn't, didn't he? And he was almost a, I don't want to call it a vintage Dylan Holloway goal because he has like eight in his career. But like the way he scored it was a way I would fully expect it. It was just like full on effort and just doing whatever it takes to kind of, to kind of get the puck in the back of the net. And it's, it's interesting now, isn't it? Who's the other player on that line? It was McDavid and was it Hyman to start the period? Oh, so, yeah. 
Holloway can maybe find a role in that top six. And that really does kind of adjust a few things to coming into the deadline. Like, but he was interested and they broke up that third line. And then all of a sudden a bit of offense was sparked throughout the team. Like, I don't know. I really don't think that third line can be part of it. And the second line, although it started the game very, very well, it really fell apart in the second period. I found and we didn't see Perry that much in the third. I, I noticed. No. Yeah. That was weird as well. Like, uh, Chris Knobloch was kind of going to the blender at some mm-hmm. point, but then switching back. And it wasn't like he changed his lines. He was just kind of randomly giving guys shifts yeah. with each other. There was seemingly no rhyme or reason to uh, to all of that. Um, we do need to address this. Mike put it in the YouTube chat. What about our yeah. man, Cody Cece, who got the scoring going? Burn the map. Cody Cece is on his way back home. And all it took was him banking one in off of a Detroit Red Wings skate. I was, I'll be honest, when I saw this, I was just sitting there waiting for the replay being like, please, please don't hit Nugent Hopkins. Like I wanted that to go in and be credited to Cody Cece so bad. His first goal since game two of last season. So uh, Cody Cece is off the schneid and uh, it was great to see he can turn around. He had made it all the way into Saskatchewan in terms of kilometers skated between goals, but Cody mm. Cece, come on home, big guy. <laughs> what a funny little bit we had going on here. There he is. What's that plunk plunket Saskatchewan Cody Cece made it to? Probably the first and, clicks. First and last time we'll ever go, I hope. 127th <laughs> game. Just yeah, you know what? Like he does that a lot, right? He throws a lot of pucks on that to to his credit, but to have a two-point night, and he said in his post-game interviews, like Felt like I just scored my first NHL goal again because it had been so long. So good for him. I thought he had a good game overall, to be honest, yesterday. A lot to talk about from that hockey game, obviously. Connor McDavid's six assists are a massive story, and that is where we're going to go with our moment of the game for Douglas Mattresses. I've got my Douglas for a couple of weeks now. I am sleeping like a baby consistently. You can experience their industry-leading risk-free trial. I'm telling you, you won't need it, but it's 365 night risk-free trial. If you don't like it, they will give you a full refund. No questions asked. There's no reason to not take a chance on a Douglas mattress. You can order today at douglas.ca slash Oilers Nation. Their mattresses are handcrafted in Canada, ensuring the highest quality materials and fastest delivery to you. Why not? You need a new mattress? Support a locally owned and operated Edmonton company, not just Canada, not just Alberta, an Edmonton operated company at Douglas Mattress. That's douglas.ca slash Oilers Nation. Liam, the moment of the game, it's the highlight of the night. It's Connor McDavid's assist to Evander Kane. This was an absolute beauty and one of those things that only Connor McDavid can do. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? It's just one of those wow moments. And what did he say in his in his interview with Gene? He was like, "Yeah, I, you know, Evander came in a good play, going to the net." It's like, buddy, you literally span around and did a backhand pass across the crease. Just, just crazy from him. But yeah, it was the third period from McDavid was something special. And this was a, I was going to say, a good way to cap it off. But he still had one more to go. But this was definitely the highlight of it. It was unreal, and also. Just again, back to Detroit, because I think they played terribly. What were they doing here? No one, everyone just kind of looked at Evander Kane as he walked his way into the slot. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was weird. One of the many goals where it's like, what in the world are the wings doing? As it runs back again, Aaron, can we get it with sound? Because the Detroit announcer is funny. 25 or more each of the past three seasons. Drysidle getting the helper. 
Oh, jeez. And again, they <laughs> score again. <laughs> oh, jeez. Before oh, the goal geez. even goes in, just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm with him. That must be, I should, we should really go back and whenever this happens again, and just something, just find a commentary from the other guy. That was so funny. Oh, hey, let's, let's run it again. One more time, Aaron. I want to listen to it again. I think it's so funny. For each of the past three seasons. Dreisaitl getting the helper. Oh, jeez. And again, they <laughs> score again. Oh, he hasn't boy. even like made the pass yet. Oh, jeez. Uh, that, uh, that is very, very good. There you go. Your moment of the game for Douglas Mattresses. The nastiest of the six assists from Connor McDavid was that helper to Evander Kane. If we want to talk about guys who had a good night, I thought uh, Evan Bouchard, full marks to him as well. He would be near the top in terms of best Oilers. He racked up a whole bunch of points, I thought, early on in that game. He had one bad turnover where he kind of just, he was in front of the net and he whacked it right to a guy's tape and it led to a shot on goal. But outside of that one moment, I actually thought Bouchard made two or three really nice defensive plays. His goal came at a time when the game was still tight as well. He racked up, I think, five shots on goal. I cashed my bet. Um, so again, Finally. even strength points from uh, Evan Bouchard. I thought he had a good game. Yeah, I, I thought he was. I thought he was solid. Nice to see him back with Ekholm. I, I think that's just a defensive pairing you can't really get rid of now, right? Like that's the one that's got to stay there. So, yeah, he played well. You can always tell when Bouchard's in his in his zone a little bit and it, it comes in the offensive zone when he's actually like shooting the park and not holding on to it too long like i found against vegas he was maybe doing that but i, I thought he was pretty solid yesterday too and he got a nice goal there jumping up and uh getting right in the slot yeah full marks to bouchard so him and ekholm last night played 17 minutes and 49 seconds together at 5v5 when they were on the ice they outshot the opposition 17 to 7, and the score was 3 to 1. In 12 minutes on the ice with Connor McDavid, with Bouchard and McDavid on the ice, the score was 4 to 1 in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. So if there was ever any doubt about who the true top pairing is for the Edmonton Oilers, that right there, man. Uh, Bouchard and Ekholm with another solid, solid game. Uh, what else do we got going on here? David is in. Would have been great to have Klim back for sure. I didn't notice Klim costing a lot last night. And that he got hurt. Be, yeah, I mean, yeah, he got <laughs> no. hurt. Philip says he doesn't look like the same player. Yeah, he just he didn't. He again, I I miss him because of the vibes. That guy's not worth two million dollars. No, he is. Uh, he's definitely not worth that much money. No. God damn it! What is happening to me today, Tyler? Nope, Liam's gone. I'm falling apart over here. This needs to get sorted out before we get to Liam's game later on in the show. Um, Liam's going to give you a chance to win 25 bucks to Nation Gear in a little bit. We got a Sherwood Ford Giant question to get to later on in the show as well. So still plenty going on today on Oilers Nation every day. But for now, let's head out to the Star Mechanical Guest Line, Edmonton's biggest locally owned and operated plumbing and heating business. They've been working within the community for over 20 years and many of the homes built in Edmonton over the last two decades, they got that Star Mechanical stamp on them. If you want to find out more about Star Mechanical or maybe you need to get into their 24-7 emergency services, you can visit them online at starmechanical.ca. Frank Saravalli is our daily face-off insider and he joins us every single Wednesday, and he still won't put on a damn pink shirt to match me. I, I told you I would, but I don't own any. Ah, 
well, then that that's just a whole different problem. Uh, Frank, we've spent the bulk of the first 20 minutes of this show talking about Connor McDavid's dominant performance last night. Six apples for the Oilers captain. 13 points back in Nikita Kucherov, five games in hand. Connor McDavid's not out of the scoring race, right? No, I think he's going to win it. Woo! I like that. I mean, why not? History, his torrid March pace in his career. I think even at, you know, during stretches of this 18 game or whatever game winning streak, however many it was, nearly 18 games, um, that. He was he was really good, but the fact that for a huge chunk of it he didn't lead the team in scoring, I think to me tells you that there's still a lot more left in the tank. Something Liam and I have been doing over the last couple of weeks to get ready for the deadline is throwing up our some just a couple of mock trades, some deals that we could maybe see the Oilers make. Uh, you handled that task today on Daily Faceoff Live, playing a little love doctor, deadline matchmaker on Valentine's Day, and one of your deals involved the Edmonton Oilers reuniting with a former friend in Jordan Eberle. I think, A.B., if we could flash up the deal right now just to get a bit of a visual on it. But, Frank, do you actually think Eberle makes sense as a deadline target for the Oilers? A hundred percent. I wouldn't do it inauthentically. Um, Fair. Or unauthentically. Uh, you know, uh, and first off, it wouldn't be Valentine's Day without rekindling an old flame. I mean, how many people today are just going to be drunk dialing an X? from high school, <laughs> probably somewhere in, in the YEG, someone will be. Yep. Um, but in all seriousness, when you think about the Oilers and their quest for one additional top six forward, if you're going to find someone you'd prefer for them to be a right winger or right shooting forward, you'd prefer for them to be pass first. And Jordan Everly checks a lot of those boxes. Then I think you add in the storyline, the unfinished business, and a potential comfortability with a couple of your star players. I think that really means something. And I think when you look back to last year and the Oilers playoff run, the injuries to Hyman and Kane, not saying those are going to happen again, but those were hugely problematic for the Oilers against the golden Knights. And Eberly would be some really valuable additional insurance and I think when you take a look at that deal, that it's not really an exorbitant price to pay. 75% retained. You've got to move that late first round pick, most likely. But then the rest of it is just window dressing. Raphael Lavoie, give Seattle a little something, something for them retaining half. And then you got to get a third party broker involved, most likely, given the Oilers' cap situation move Matias Yanmark and, you know, sprinkle a little fourth round pick there. Like this is pie in the sky. And this is the fun part about playing Dr. Love and the matchmaker is you get to do that. But I think Eberly makes a ton of sense to come back. And I think this, the narrative that existed about Jordan Eberly by this previous Oilers management regime regime was an absolute crock of shit. Was he good in the Oilers' run in 17? No, he wasn't. But has Jordan Everly proven himself to be a bona fide playoff player? Of course he has. Look at his numbers since he left. 63 games, 40, is it 45 or 49 points? 
His his playoff average in those 63 games, nearly an entire season of regular season hockey, it's better point per game wise than his actual regular season career average. So he's proven himself to be a really good playoff player. I just like every facet of this type of deal for Edmonton. Yeah, I all the people in the chat right now who are like, oh, not a playoff guy, not a playoff guy. You're living in 2017. Like that go look at his last couple of runs, not just with the Kraken, but with the Islanders as well. We had another comment in there, Frank, that said, Oh, if you're giving up that much for Eberly, just go get Gensel. But this is a seller's market. Like you're gonna have to pay up for what you want. And I don't, and I know you're gonna agree with me because we did a show earlier today, but like Gensel's not going for just one first round. No pick. chance. No chance. You're giving up a first round pick plus another really high pick plus a grade A prospect. He's on another yeah. level. And that's why I think Eberly makes more sense. He's a really nice check down option. And when you consider that Eberly had 63 points last year, he's on track for about 49 and 15 goals this year. The production is certainly less than Gensel, but it's not that much less to warrant a way significant acquisition price payment in comparison, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, is Liam around? Liam, are you alive? What, what do I you miss think you? of the price, by the way? I, I would pay it for Jordan Eberle. Like I'm sitting there, first round pick. You're hoping it's pick 28 to 32 or somewhere in that range. And at some point, if you're the Oilers, like it'd be great to get a guy with term. And Liam and I have talked about Lawton and Jenner and adding a third center. But I don't think this is insane. A first round pick for one of the better rental forwards on the market makes sense. Raph Lavoie is a guy who cleared waivers. If that's the cost to get Seattle to keep a big chunk of money and make this happen, sure. Fourth round pick. Couldn't care less about a fourth round pick. Liam, would you do this? Yeah, I mean, you you're getting the best player in a deal for what would it be like a million something, right? If you retain everything, like I believe it would make the Oilers better. I I don't see why they wouldn't want to have him in the lineup. Yeah, the only thing that you know they would probably still need a defenseman at some point, but I don't think the Oilers are heading into this deadline only making one move. Well, I was going to say at that acquisition cost, you still have other chips left to make stuff happen. Yeah, you could potentially move on from a Broberg. You could move on from an Xavier Borgo. You have your second round pick too. Um, what do you make of the idea of potentially moving on from a Holloway or a Broberg if the deal is right? I think Holloway is untouchable. Broberg, I'm hesitant on, but He's not untouchable for me. Where do you think the Oilers will come out on some of those high-end prospects? I think moving either one of those players would be a big mistake. I think what we've seen from Broberg, how highly motivated he is in the AHL, I think you have to give him a chance, and I think you have to do it sooner rather than later to ensure that you don't lose him, meaning you have a guy that's disgruntled and doesn't want to be in your organization to begin with. And that would be worse off, I think, than moving, obviously, than moving him in return for some significant capital. And maybe we've already crossed that Rubicon. Maybe that's already happened because there was the idea of, uh, you know, his agent being granted permission to speak to teams, you know, back in December. And there was a frustrated player who felt like he had earned more opportunity um, or at least to get an opportunity elsewhere. So I'm a big Broberg believer when you look at how this season has played out since then going down to the AHL. And I just think Holloway with his speed, you made this point with me yesterday. 
you you need players if you're the Oilers that are contributing on cheap contracts. It's a fact of life in the salary cap era, but it's especially true when you are in full-on contender mode. And they've got to be important contributors. They can't just be, hey, we're stocking our third and fourth, or just our fourth line and our third D pair with that. They need to be authentic, real contributors. And I think Holloway and Broberg can play their way into that category if they, you know, Holloway's case hasn't already. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. I too. I Frank, I think something's become very obvious with this team recently, and it's that Warren Fogel can't play without Leon Dreisidel. I think that third line with him and McLeod and Holloway is terrible, if I have to be truthful about it. Do you think there's a world where the Oilers just move on from Fogel to allow them to upgrade on that second line position or somewhere? Like, if he's not able to do it without Dreisidel, and is he worth his cap hit, you know? He isn't to me to answer your question. Um, I could see them being in a position where they've made that same determination and then he's more or less just a cap casualty. And to be fair, he was on our trade targets board at the very beginning of the season because if the Oilers were going to make a big move, Fogel would have easily been one of those guys that they're just like, yeah, he's not playing up to his cap hit. Got to do something. We we're in a dollar in dollar out scenario. So he was there, then he played his way off of it. Um, I think the only really nice part about having Fogel is you do have some break glass in case of emergency, which is if everything else goes to shit, then you can just go back to that if you want to. And that's a nice thing to have, but only if you can't find an upgrade somewhere else. And that's kind of the tough part about the trade deadline in general is let's say you go out and get Everly, right? And then, you know, whether uh Fogel's there or not, what if it doesn't work? What if you run into the same question that you just asked of, oh man, he's not working with dry Then what? And so maybe that'd be a nice reason to keep Fogel. Yeah, I think that's where I come out on that is I'd prefer to just keep Vogel, use the logic of an internal rental or whatever the hell you want to say. And he's an insurance policy. You know, he works to an extent with Leon Drysaddle. It gives you a little bit of lineup flexibility. I think I would try like, again, if it's about getting the money, you can give up a fourth round pick and get a third party broker to keep some money to make whatever trade you want to make work. Like even a Gensel at six, get it twice retained, give up that fourth round pick. You can squeeze them in by burying Yanmark in the minors, more or less. So I think I would be out on the idea of just losing that layer of depth up front. And uh, it's not Frank, like Fogel makes five, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. it's not commensurate to his play for the most part, but it's not egregious. Yeah. Uh, let's take a trip down the QE2, Frank, and talk a little bit about what the Calgary Flames could get up to in the next few weeks here. They've moved on from Zadarov. They moved on from Lindholm. It sounds like Hannafin and Tanev are going to be the next two pieces out the door. But earlier this week on Daily Faceoff Live, you talked about the possibility of trading Jacob Markstrom and just how close a deal potentially got. Is he trending towards lock territory to be moved ahead of the deadline? No, he's not. I think... I'd be real curious to see what the market looks like after New Jersey. Um, as you know, as you mentioned, I I did report that the Devils and Flames were way far down the track on a deal for Markstrom. It got scuttled at the very end at the finish line, and don't know why. But I I just I think the goalie market is such a perplexing one. 
that when you look at teams that desperately need help and are craving real stability, like some of the teams that need help are just looking for temporary stopgap solutions. Like, I don't think in the long haul, the Carolina Hurricanes are looking for someone to come in to be their 1A for the foreseeable future. Like, I think they're still big believers in Pyotr Kochetkov to at least be part of that solution. The Colorado Avalanche, they have Alexander Georgiev to be their starter. They're just looking for a backup. When you get outside of New Jersey, how many of those teams are 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 hungry for someone that has term like Markstrom does? And that's, I think, the big question mark that I think makes his his market somewhat limited. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I mean, you did it today on your mock trades. I think a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, Carolina, second, third round pick, whatever the cost might be, boom, they got their guy for the next two, three months, and then they can reevaluate things later on this summer. But the people idea- didn't like this, this deal. They were like, well, they only traded a second form a few years ago, probably only worth a third. I got some comments, but the Canes have an extra second round pick. And you know that if that were to happen, you know that that's what the wild would be shooting for is one of those extra late second round picks. Um, just quickly back on the flames. You had, that and I was, cru- I was going to say, sorry. And I was crushed on my proposal for the Rangers and Adam and reek capo caco. Like I, I understood where you were coming from. I think he's one of those prospects now where his name is just more famous than his value is right. Like it, it throws it off a little bit. Cause we hear capo caco and we're like, Oh my God. But you made the point today. Like he's almost at 300 games or whatever. Like, do we not kind of know capo caco is not going to be a star? I I'm I couldn't agree more. Like I I think if you were to take away his you know cover up his name and just present the stats, remove his second overall pick status from five drafts ago, um, you know he he's probably somewhere someone that slots out at like seven to thirteen goals a year and thirty five points like that. I mean that right now that's all he is. I think it's kind of clear that last year's 40 point year is a bit of an aberration. So to me, I think you could understand though, why the ducks would be intrigued to find out more. And the original market price, I think for Henrique is a first round pick based on what Sean Monahan just went for a late first. But I was told that the ducks are willing to accept a second, a third, and then an additional third to retain half. Well, the Rangers don't have third round picks until 2026. So I was like, how do I find a way to make this work for someone who I think is clearly a fit for the Rangers who definitely need a third line center? Kako to me makes sense. And then the second, and people are like, what about just Kako straight up? Like Adam Henrique is already out producing that by a wide margin. Like, and he's a center. Why would you think that these two guys are equal, even with the age disparity? Yeah, I mean, if you're the Rangers win now mode, I think there's a bunch of teams in the East that should be looking at this deadline, looking at their surroundings. I mean, like, whoa, you know, Florida's maybe looking like a high-end team, but I don't know if I'd call Florida a juggernaut. Like, in the West, there's a whole bunch of them. In the East, there's none. I think that should lead to teams like the Rangers and even the Maple Leafs sitting there and going, hey, but let's push our chips in again this year. Let's try to take another run at this thing because we might get some easy matchups or easier matchups relative to past seasons in rounds one and two. Like the Leafs shouldn't be sitting there scared of having to go through a Tampa this year. And I actually flirted with a team like the Panthers when it came to Jake Gensel because you could see why 
having Jake Gensel come in on your second line uh, opposite of Matthew Kachuk. And, you know, you could see that working and why that would be an elite force to be reckoned with when it comes to the playoffs and having him sub in for Nick Cousins. It makes sense. I just couldn't get there in terms of assets. Like they don't have a first round pick until 2026. I know that the Penguins aren't going to be on, you know, a hurry up timeline to rebuild their team. But 2026, like you're looking at 2030 before that first round pick is an impact guy. If he is one at all, you're going to want to try and recoup first round picks for this year, 2024, because you don't have one from the Carlson trade. So I just some teams I couldn't find a way to make it work. Yeah. Okay, Frank, we're going to wrap this up. I promised the YouTube chat I'd throw one of their questions your way. The inbox Q&A is for great clips with more than 4,400 hair salons throughout the United States and Canada. Great Clips is the world's largest hair salon brand and official part or official hair salon of the NHL. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Squishy is in, Frank, and wants to know, maybe they heard this on Morning Cup of Hockey, if the Canes aren't willing to sign <clears throat> Brett Pesci, would they be willing to move him? Nope, I think the Flames are in contender mode. Or sorry, not the Flames, Canes. the Canes. <laughs> um, they have not, to my knowledge, had substantive discussions with Brett Pesci. I think it's very, very likely that he ends up going to market this summer. And in the meantime, they're not even all crazy excited to move Tony D'Angelo from an insurance perspective. And he's been a healthy scratch, something like 20, some of the last 30 games. So he's sat for a long time, a guy that has like a, almost a hundred points the last two seasons um, as a defenseman, he, he's just sat there. So it gives you some indication. I think the D'Angelo aspect of it, of what exactly the Canes are thinking. They're not, I don't think they're moving pieces in and out. I think they're real comfortable with their defense core. And I think if anything, the thing they have to address, as you mentioned with Mark Andre Fleury is their goaltending 30th in the league in save percentage. Like good luck. Yeah. All right. There you go. For great clips, find out more at greatclips.com. Frank, 20 minutes flew by as it always does. Thanks for doing this. See you guys. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Frank Cervalli on the Star Mechanical guest line. Liam, what do you think? Anything from Frank stand out? I'm going to have another bite of my apple. Oh, so I'll cover the show for the next three minutes then, I suppose. Um, anything stand out from Frank? The the Fogel stuff is interesting. Like a lot of people were saying, it's like, why would you want to get rid of Fogel? And like, my point isn't to get rid of Fogel. I think he's obviously a valuable piece to the to this team. But if you can upgrade on him and you know he makes three, seven, five, whatever it is, that's you can get two players for that, right? Like I think he's just an intriguing piece coming in coming into the deadline. So yeah, there's uh it's gonna be busy. Frank's a busy man right now. All right, let's move along with the show. Aaron, do we have all of Frank's mock trades available for us? Yes, I'm going to assume we do. If we do, then they are going to be the topic of today's Service Credit Union Big Share Program. It's back for a sixth year, and it's your chance to win a million dollars just by saving money. The mock trades we give you are fake. The money at Service Credit Union, it's real. Anyone can enter by becoming a member and saving with service. For every $500 you save, you get five entries into the Service Big Share Contest. You can even transfer your existing savings to service for your chance at $1 million. Contest ends April 30th, 2024. Skill test required for rules. Visit service.ca slash win. Here's what we're going to do, Liam. I'm going to give you all of Frank's mock trades from today. You're going to tell me which one you would like to see happen the most. So we'll start with this one. Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars. The deal, it's a second round pick in 2024 that could become a first if Dallas reaches the Western Conference. Final Tanev, a guy the Oilers could have interest in. I would imagine the big difference maker here between what the Oilers could offer and the Stars is you know, locking up both your second and first rounder. I'm not sure if the Oilers would love both of those. Uh, the next deal we got, just keep flipping through them maybe. Uh, we'll work our way through all these bad boys. Jake Gensel and Alex Nedeljkovic for two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Gensel going to the Avs at 50% retained, but it costs them two firsts and a third in that deal. The third one we got up here is Noah Hannafin and Andrew mm. Mangiapane, a blockbuster. Mangiapane, one more year on that deal. The Leafs would get him 50% retained. A first, a third, a fifth. Ryan Reeves to make the money work and two of Toronto's better prospects in Nick Robertson and Topi Nimala. So a massive deal there between the Flames and the Leafs is uh, the one Frank threw together. And then Marc-Andre Fleury for a second rounder. You already saw that one. I think you saw Adam Henrique for Capo Caco and a second as well. We're going to leave the Everly one off to the side because it involves the Oilers. Liam, out of those five deals Frank threw together, which one do you think is the best chance of happening? Oh, the best chance of happening. I could see the Adam Henrique one having a realistic possibility. Um, and I think the Noah Hannafin one is the other one I would put as my top two. Um, I mean, they're all very realistic, aren't they? I could see Colorado kind of splashing the cash a little bit to go on and get against so, But I think those two are the maybe more realistic. I really hope the Chris Tanev one doesn't happen to Dallas because that they're already a pretty big threat to the Oilers with all without him. So yeah, I would like to see that one as a, as an Oilers one. And you, you said that you don't think the Oilers would want to lock up their first and second. I think, I think if you have the option of, of, you know, that's your last trade maybe. And you're like, you know, we can get Tanner for this. I could definitely see them just being willing to pull the trigger at that point. Right. But I would assume they, have other business done before they made a deal like that. Yeah. And that's where I was kind of going with it was 
if you're going to jump the market on Tanev and get him in the next 10 days here, and that's the deal it takes, if you're the Oilers, do you want to lock up both your second and your first before you've done anything else? Unless you're very confident that next year's first and Xavier Borgo can like get you the forward help that you would need. But uh, just quickly back to the Eberly one, uh, since we can chew into that for a couple of minutes before we move along on the show. I like this. And and listen, I know Tyler Mulek's been in the chat and a few other people are saying, you know, Lavoie is going to be on this team next year. You need to, you know, keep a spot for him. I think something that could make this deal interesting is if you have a bit of a conversation with Jordan Eberle beforehand, if Seattle gives you that ability and you go, hey, man, like, what do you think a deal looks like in the summer? What's a two-year contract look like for you to come in and maybe wrap up your career as an oiler? Like, if Eberle really wants a reunion and he's willing to give you the kind of wink, like, I'll extend for like three million bucks next season. You can just transfer that Warren Fogel money to me then I'm really inclined to do this deal because I think there's a chance he's more than a one-year fit with the Oilers. Like Gensel, you'd never be able to afford. To Foley, I don't think you would sign again if he was available. But Eberly, I'm willing to do this. One, because I don't think it's an insane price. Raphael Lavoie cleared waivers three months ago. And two, I think Eberly can fit for longer than one year. Yeah, I am... Uh... I'm intrigued by this deal a lot. What I'll be honest, the one thing I don't like which isn't really a deal breaker for me. I just don't like it is how much depth the others would lose in this deal. You know, like obviously Eberle comes in and your right side then becomes what? Hyman, Eberle, Fogel, and Perry. And that's obviously very, very good. But I think losing a, like I've said, we've both said, yeah, Mark should be in the American League right now. But if something happens in the playoffs, it's nice to have the insurance of, okay, we can call up Lavoie or Yamark instead of calling up, I don't know, Tulio and, Greg the Egg McKeg or something like that, right? Like it just adds another layer. But also, if this was a deal, I wouldn't be sat there crying over those two. The retained fifty percent on Lavoir is, I mean, an interesting part of this. What did Frank explain why that was involved? Um, I think it was just because like the value of Eberly is a first. The value of keeping fifty percent of the contract, like even if you think Eberly is a little bit less than a first. The value of keeping 50% is probably Lavoie, right? It's to get Seattle, give Seattle something so that they're willing to uh, keep the money. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be too fussed about it. I think Lavoie is going to be a good NHL player eventually, but how long is that going to be, right? Like you said, like, it'd be great to have Lavoie on this team and have another homegrown player involved within this this team throughout the successful years that they're hopefully going to have. But also, it's Rafael Lavoie. He's cleared waivers twice this season. Yeah. Um, the other thing too with Yanmark, I do think the more likely thing there, and it probably makes the deal it's a small thing, but it's easier to stomach. I just I would waive them. And if you can yeah. get him down to Bakersfield, then you get that cap relief anyways. And then come playoff time, he can be one of your black aces. He can come up when the salary cap's not a thing anymore. Uh ML says replace Lavoie with Brown in that trade. I don't see a reason for Seattle to even want to do that. They would want someone with upside, not Connor Brown. So I don't know. Um, Dry says we don't need Lavoie. I don't get you guys sometimes. Like I like Raphael Lavoie. Again, he could be an NHLer one day, but if that's what it's going to take to get an upgrade, like I'm not sitting here and avoiding a Jordan Eberle trade because no. I'm worried about losing a guy who was on waivers three months ago and no one wanted. Like you got to think about the now. And if I, I'd rather move Lavoie than Borgo, right? We also just said we would trade him, so I'm not sure what. Yeah. The- 
the option is that he, I mean, look, he's got, he's got a promising career out of him, but at the end of the day, the Oilers are trying to win a cup now, not five years. He, well, he five potentially years. has a promising career ahead of yeah. him. Like we've done this song and dance before with Tyler Benson and other guys on and on and on. Like they're going to be an NHL or next year. They're going to be an NHL or next year. They're going to be an NHL or next year. And now they're in wherever, right? Like, Sometimes, I don't know, I, I don't think the Oilers are in a spot where they can be hugging a prospect like Raphael Lavoie, considering the fact he hasn't broken into the league yet. I like him. I still think he can. That door is still open, but I, I'm not letting it prevent prevent me from doing this, uh, this kind of a deal. Okay, let's move along because we're quickly getting towards the end of the show. We do need to get to Liam's game for Nation Gear. Head to nationgear.ca to not just stock up with the latest swag and apparel from Oilers Nation. But you can also get your tickets to our BOA watch party at Greta coming up in 10 days on the 24th. Mm. It is going to be a good time. Nothing better than a Saturday night BOA uh, drink specials, food specials. Everything is happening down at Greta. And if you can beat me at the football game, giddy up. I'll buy you a beer. Uh, We also have brunch for Ben coming up uh, March 3rd, I believe, is the date on that. You can get your tickets to that at nationgear.ca as well. Proceeds going to the Ben Stelter Foundation. It's an afternoon game against the Seattle Kraken. That is also going to be a good time with prizes to be won and more. So there you go. Brunch for Ben and a BOA watch party all happening at Greta. The tickets are at nationgear.ca. If you don't know how Liam's game works, Liam's game works. Here's what happens. Liam's got two mystery players. He's going to give you the clues. The first player is an easy one. If you're the first person to get the easy player, you're entered into the draw. The second player is a hard one. If you're one of the first three people to get the hard player, you are also entered into the draw. We spin the prize wheel and one person goes home with $25 to Nation Gear. With all that being said, Liam, let me hear it. Okay, let's pull it up, Aaron. I am a former first-round pick by Edmonton. I played for three NHL teams. I've almost scored 700 points and I am still in the league. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Still in the league. Cogliano's played for too many teams for it to be him. Mm-hmm. First round pick of the Oilers. So it's got to be somewhat recent. Oh, I think I know who it is. I think I got my guess. Did someone already get it in the chat? Yes. Got it real quick, too. Who was the first one in there? Uh, I think Wise Kyle. Wise Kyle. Jordan Eberle is the answer for Jordan today's Eason player. A nice little warm-up. It got the chat going, too. Everyone's throwing it in there. Um, Taylor Hall, I think, yeah, Taylor Hall's played for too many teams for that cool. to be him because he was an Oiler, a Devil, a Yote, a Sabre, a Bruin, and a Blackhawk. Six teams for Hall. Oh, wow. Six. I forgot he was a Blackhawk. Yeah. Uh, all right. There you go. That's the easy one. Let's go. Yeah. Lance says it was too easy. So maybe you got to crank up the difficulty there, Liam. Well, I did Cody Stacey a couple of weeks ago and no one got it. So what do you want? There. Uh, Kate, hard player. Let's go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I played almost 700 games in my NHL career for five different teams. My final pro season was in Europe. I played three seasons in, seasons in Edmonton but didn't score in my final two. I am a Memorial Cup winner. Whew. Seven hundred <laughs> games in my career for five different teams. My final pro season was in Europe. I played three seasons in Edmonton, but didn't score in my final two. Someone guessed Perlini. There's no way it's Perlini. Toby Reader didn't play two final seasons in Edmonton, so I don't think it could be him. 
I also um, don't think he's a Memorial Cup winner. So you lied? No, like Toby Rita. I know. Oh, Toby characters. Rita. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking about? Um, oh, wow. That's a, is that a good guess? Oh, that might be a good guess. Oh, I'm going to fact check that one guess that I saw come in. Okay. Did he score in his phone? Oh, yeah. That's a good guess. People are getting it. People are getting it. One. This is always the worst part of the segment when it's just me and you scrolling through. <laughs> did you, like, did you see? Through? You saw the one person, two people. Oh, there we go. We got three. Yeah, we got the three. Maybe I did it too easily today. The answer was one Jason Strudwick. Yes. There you go. Struddy was the answer for our mystery player of the day. Lance Kane, Blank Project, and someone else. Was it Lance Kane? Lance was in there early on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, It wasn't Blank Project. It was Soup. I had Soup based Ekholm and Lance Kane. I'll put Soup. I'll put blank project in there anyway, since we said his name. Yep. There we go. All right. It's all five of you along with, so it's wise Kyle soup based at home, uh, the blank project and Lance Kane. Here we go. Spin the wheel, Liam for $25. I think you can use these to get the tickets too. I don't know. Maybe not. Soup. Who is it? Soup. Soup. Congratulations. Soup. You are the winner. $25 to nationgear.ca. What do you need to do? Email me, tyler at thenationnetwork.com. Say, I am soup. I am the winner. And I will get you hooked up with the GC. Email tyler at thenationnetwork.com so we can get that prize in your hands. Owen says he misses the laptop. Well, here's a funny thing. My new laptop isn't working. You may have noticed my camera shut off twice today. So I had to go to my other laptop and now I had to use my phone. Luckily for me, I have endless electronics in this house. Do any of them work? Sometimes. Good, man. All right. The menu for our friends at DoorDash, 25% off, zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. It's up at the top of your screen. It's Valentine's Day tonight, Liam. You and I both have special ladies we need to treat. So we're ordering DoorDash. That's the play, right? Neither of us are good enough cooks to to actually do anything. I... I rarely cook because I because I cannot. So yes, DoorDash is is always the play for me on Valentine's Day. Every year. Mm-hmm. I actually do. Uh, I, I cook quite a bit. Made a nice Vegetables steak dinner yesterday. 2 a.m. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's Wednesday. Not a ton going on. But what you should do if you're watching this video and you're looking for some more content, go watch yesterday's edition of The Notebook with Coombsy, Zach Lang, our boy Aaron. And it's all produced by our intern, Eli, who's doing a great job. So I won't tell Eli that he's doing great. Um, but go watch the latest edition of The Notebook. Some good Gritty hockey talk in there from our two lead writers over or two of our lead writers at OilersNation.com. And AB keeps it all on the rails. Uh, We are going to wrap up the show today with some reviews. And you know what, Leo? I'm going to say our reviews are brought to you by Betway. Why not? Why not brought to you by Betway? 19 plus, please play responsibly. I nailed my Evan Bouchard shot prop last night. I did a couple of those pre-built bets. I had a good night over on Betway. Shout out to the Oilers and that eight goal explosion. Yeah, I had a dry over a point and a half, a Vandekane goal, the puck line, and I, I did sneak in a Perry goal at plus 500. Unfortunately, that one didn't hit, but three for four ain't bad. That'll pay the bills. 
Attaboy. Attaboy. Shout out to Betway. Liam, uh, let's remember you can leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts, right? That's where we're going for these. Yeah, I don't know how to find them on Spotify. So just Apple. <laughs> yep, that is uh that is fair. So leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's a nice little hat tip to us to all of our podcast listeners of the show because they do things like sit through the lead, which quite often makes zero sense at all. Uh Liam, let's go to the reviews. A B, we might need them full screen. Do you want me to read them or do you want to read them? I'll read them. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. From Oil Country 90, a two-star review. Can they be serious? Tried listening on one of the first episodes. They talked about trading Crosby to Edmonton. What a joke. LOL. Thank you, Jay, for this one. I'm going to blame this one, but this is also me with the red M&M at the M&M store in London. There you go. Thanks, Jay. Um, next one. You want to you take this one since you're in. five stars. One of my favorites for sure from nurse for Norris. Love how much you guys value nurse. It's refresh refreshing in the Oilers fandom, especially for me who owns his Jersey and a picture of a nice refreshing Caesar to go along with this review as well. So shout out to nurse for Norris for leaving us a nice little five star. That was at our uh, golf tournament. I know what you're wondering. Yes, that is a grilled cheese on top of my Caesar. Mm. Oh boy, this one. Um, from Papa Belanger. Belanger. Uh, Belanger. My apologies. Um, critical Eye of a Homer. Oilers Nation every day is a must listen if you're an Oilers fan. Great guests, decent knowledge, and lukewarm <laughs> takes make this podcast a camp guilty, campy guilty pleasure. Liam is clearly an AI projection Tyler built, but he's amazing all the same. My only criticism is the inconsistency of the upload of the podcast. I get it's a YouTube show, but some days it's about one oh five, another days it's not till seven PM. Love the part regardless. <laughs> so those are all good. So when you leave a review, Liam will find a photo to pair with it. I like how yeah. they gave us five stars. I'm like, hey, the show's good. Knowledge is decent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and lukewarm takes. I appreciate that one. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, five star. Most of them are five stars, which is nice. But I uh, don't leave a one or two star review and then leave a nice comment. If you want to give a one or two star review, that's fine. But I think those ones are funny. Someone, uh, someone left another one the other week, which was a one star. The ones we get for all those nation radio <laughs> about Rick are uh, special. Yeah, they're pretty funny. Uh, so you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The five-star reviews do help us in the eyes of the uh, many algorithms. Same thing as when you hit the like button here. So if you enjoy the show, like, leave a review, drop a comment, make sure you're subscribed, all of that fun stuff, because it allows us to keep doing the show and not get fired. Uh, there you go. There's your reviews for our friends at Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Tomorrow, Liam, back with another Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show and... People get a double dose of us tomorrow because we're coming back and doing a watch party. It's an ON everyday oh, yeah. watch along live on the Oilers Nation YouTube for the game against St. Louis tomorrow night. And it's all brought to you by Betway. So we're going to be watching the game together tomorrow. Yep. Well, uh, Liam and Tyler and friends. I don't know who the friends will be, but we will rotate somebody through, I suppose. Last time people just kind of jumped in the chat and the next thing you know, they're on the show. You should, you know, maybe not tomorrow, but in the future, it would be funny if you came to my house and we watched it on my couch and set up the camera. That would be good. You've never invited me over. We can, you know, I'd tomorrow I'd always, maybe. I know you're busy, but 
I I can mix it in. I do have to do After Dark tomorrow as well. So. Oh, well, then maybe not because I don't have to do After Dark. So I want to go to bed. Well, I mm-hmm. can't just hang out. Maybe we'll do hey, After Dark from my couch. Yeah, you can go to bed. I'll just let myself out. I'll lock the door. Just give me a key. All right. Uh, okay, that's a wrap on today's edition of the program. We'll be back tomorrow. Short for Giant Game Day edition of the show that means jay's gonna be around and we'll get set for hopefully a second straight oilers victory shout out to everyone in the youtube chat today you were excellent we'll be back tomorrow noon mountain time chat with you then small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustoleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.